0: Welcome to Top of the Line. This is the podcast version of our YouTube show. New episodes every Monday and Friday where we talk about audio and hi-fi related themes. If you have any requests
1: for a future episode, send us an email, t-o-t-l at abyssheadphones.com.
0: Well, hi again. We're back with another question off the internet this time. This one reads, Hi, fellas. Big fan of your show. I myself am also saving up to hopefully own a pair of Abyss headphones someday. My question is this. Why do I constantly hear people saying that most planar headphones don't play well with tube amplifiers? What exactly is going on here? Thank you for your time, and I wish you all the very best. Going to the future. Best regards, Daryl. So, yeah, that is a thing. You do hear that. And that seems to be more prevalent in the lower end of tube amps, little tubes, right? There's a few factors there, <laughs> like these. Oh, <laughs> little yeah. tubes you like that. We got a those. lot of little tubes over here. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I guess we should probably cover the the basis. So, first of all, there's multiple kinds of tube amplifiers. We got to put numbers on this. Some tube amplifiers, <laughs> you know, as in headphone amplifiers that have tubes in them, the tubes don't actually amplify directly to the headphone. They're not actually driving the headphone directly. They're just somewhere in there doing some degree of amplification. Hybrid, uh, yeah, typically called a hybrid approach, and um, there are also other amplifiers that use the tube to directly drive the headphone rather than like a solid state output with the tube just actually hidden. So the solid state hybrid output ones, you know, you could see a tube in them, but those typically have no issues whatsoever driving any headphone as long as the Output device in there is capable of driving it, of course, because um, they're basically a solid state. Amp. Well,
1: that's typically why they make a hybrid is because the solid state devices are, tend to be better with power than right. you don't need the big tubes with mm-hmm. the solid state device, you know. So it's less expensive to build, too, obviously, than because of the cost of the big tubes
0: and smaller and more efficient.
2: Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, you too.
0: see them usually in the lower cost of tube amps because it just makes sense. It's easier to make, well, it's cheaper and kind of easier to make a solid-state headphone amplifier than it is to make a tube one if you want it to be able to drive demanding loads. It's kind of like
1: the best of both worlds. You take a hybrid, you've got a tube buffer stage and input stage, which gives you that harmonic richness and uh, you know the tubey goodness of things and of music. You know? Tubey goodness. Yeah. Flavor. Flavor, yeah that's, yeah. that's kind of how you look yeah. at it. And then you've got your solid state with a raw grunt and power and ability to drive low impedance loads and right. have a low output impedance to to keep control over the drivers or the speakers so yeah it's kind of the best of both worlds i've seen some uh like guys like um rogue audio they do that they do a lot now with um they do the hybrids in their mm-hmm. integrated amps for speakers mm-hmm. and they're getting like 100 or 200 watts out of these They're class d output so you get a ton of power and a desktop integrated for relatively inexpensive and they're running tubes for the input to give it that sound and some sort of novel feedback method. To, the tubes are helping the Class D stage sound more analog because Class D sometimes could be a bit hard, harsh sounding. Anyway, they got a, they got a good topology, and there's other companies doing that too, where they're mixing and matching the best of both worlds. And, um, Class D outputs, uh, uh, Class D power amplifiers can sometimes do a pretty good job, particularly with low impedance loads. They're they're pretty good at throwing current out quickly.
0: Well solid state output is becoming more common now in tube amplifiers so that is certainly something to bring up because you could certainly have a tube amplifier that has absolutely no problem driving any load irrespective of the actual tube however if you have an actual tube amplifier where the tube is actually the amplification directly driving or even through a transformer if it's directly driving the headphone that's a bit of a different thing because tubes typically are more voltage devices rather high than
1: high voltage
0: yeah rather than what you get with a transistor you could design a solid state amplifier to pretty much drive any power any load any impedance well i think it comes down to uh, in in most hybrid
2: designs you uh, allow the components to play to their strengths right Right, that makes sense. I think yeah. that's what you were getting at. That's what I was getting <laughs> at. Here. So yeah, the the thing with tube amplifiers
1: is because they run on a high voltage, there obviously needs to be some way of, and we're talking hundreds and hundreds of volts on their plate. There needs some way to isolate that high voltage from what you're powering or the load. You can't throw three, four hundred, five hundred volts on a speaker. All right, so. Some of them use capacitors to couple that. Some of them use output
0: transformers to isolate the voltage. One of the biggest challenges with tube amplifiers is typically they're not particularly well-suited for low impedance loads. They're more of a high voltage device. They work best at high impedance or low power. When you plug in something like a low impedance, low sensitivity headphone, it forces them to be in a a low impedance lower voltage region where they're not particularly good at producing power
1: it can be made to be good but you need a lot more need a lot of tubes tubes. (laughs) and usually in parallel. like when you see like larger speaker amps that are tube based Mm. you know you're talking like you go up above 100 watts in tube power it's a lot of power for speakers which i mean in a headphone world that's about 20 watts or so uh, for headphones, if you divide by about five or six, so a 15 to 20 watt capable tube amp in headphone world at 50 ohms, which would be a lot, of power, mm. right, a way beyond what you need. It's probably equivalent to about a 100 watt speaker amp tubes. Yeah, and you're talking usually at that point you're at four to six tubes, you know, well, per or channel <laughs> or two really big tubes. Yeah, right, some really large, really really big tubes. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, bottom line is it gets more complicated to make a bigger tube amplifier than it does well, a solid Well, and more stick. costly, too, because you need more tubes. And you've got to buy those tubes, yeah. yeah, especially if you want good tubes. Mm. And yeah. you
0: to
2: match them all, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: High-power tubes with headphones pretty much means you're making a really beefy amp just to drive your headphone. So it's not that it's not possible. It's just expensive. So you don't really see it done well until you get into the high end, and then there's plenty of those that are actually really quite exceptional. So tube amplifiers can be great direct-driving planar magnetic headphones, even low-sensitivity stuff. But you typically they're, they're expensive. You have to have power they're output beefy. tubes.
1: And the way to tell, like just looking at a tube amp, if it's beefy enough, is you know if you've got like one of these guys, if the amp is just full of these small like a 12AU7 style or 12AX7 styles where the tube's like, uh, what is this about? Two and a half, three inches high. Can't get it out. You know, if you got a bunch of these, which are really just driver tubes, or you would use these in low line level devices, like we use these. You know, these these are in our compressor and our mic amps here. They're made for a low, very low power. When you see an amp full of these smaller tubes, um, it's it's not a high power amp. I mean, it's probably made to put out you know less than a watt, right? If that. And when you get when you start getting into the multi watt tube amplifiers, now you they use these to drive. Big tubes. Big tubes that are, you know, six inches tall. So when you see those size tubes on an amplifier, you know, you got some, it's a bit more you got serious. some grunt there. Yeah. yeah, versus this is made for, well, you know, smaller. These would be, these, a smaller amp would be designed, using smaller tubes would be designed for much more efficient headphones. And a lot of people make smaller amps like that. You can get right. an amp with one tube in it, mm-hmm. you know, that, that'll cover both channels and it works,
2: but it's probably only going to put out 100 milliwatts
1: or something like that.
2: Well, I think the, the thing is, there's another thing here is the uh, tube amps, as they get more powerful, they usually get bigger, obviously, because you get bigger tubes, more tubes and everything, whereas solid state doesn't necessarily have to get that much bigger to produce more power, you know, get yep. more compact. With it's solid more state, you know, well, right, heat that's the big benefit.
0: You can get devices, solid state output devices that'll drive pretty much any headphone and pretty much any size. You can make an extremely powerful headphone amplifier that's small if you want to use solid state. Um, so the size, the price doesn't necessarily correlate as strongly to the power because um, they can be very inexpensive as well. Tubes, unfortunately, there's just not as as much of a selection to play with. There's not really a, a great way to drive low-impedance, low-sensitivity headphones with a small, compact tube amplifier. Um, so you only really see it in the high-end boutique stuff.
1: And tube amps, too, the power supplies are more complicated because you've got to have a high voltage power supply and a low voltage power supply mm. to, to handle the thing, you know. Um, so usually you have some sort of mo- usually have multiple input transformers. One r- run to run the high voltage, and run on low. Assuming you need a low, mm. <laughs> well, like, a full tube amp might get away with it, but you do need 12 volts or so to run the tube, the heaters in the tubes.
2: Yeah, that, again, making it bigger, heavier, and more expensive. Yeah, right. So right.
1: they do; they are much more complicated, which is which is why they are more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus you can get a $100 solid-state amp that's 100 Plenty of power, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty powerful, you know. Yeah,
0: power is very inexpensive in solid-state, and tubes, mm, usually not. But, of course, the sound
1: quality is completely different, too. You know, you compare to a cheap amp, $100 amp or so, to a a nice tube amp, and it's night and day, they're totally different sounds, Sounds, sound characters. You know, the the $100 solid-state is going to sound uppity and kind of lean and bright because it's, probably running a wall ward power supply or something and you know it doesn't have a a real power supply you know to back Mm it and um, where the tube
0: amps kind of inherently got that going for it right away so there's differences there's certainly pros and cons to both sides but the biggest limitation is typically output impedance of the amplifier and with a solid state design you could get extremely low output impedance and most planar magnetic headphones prefer lower output impedance. It helps control the diaphragm better. It helps start and stop the diaphragm faster. Um, usually improves your bass response mostly.
1: Yeah, in our headphones, that's pretty noticeable. You know, I mean, you mm-hmm. really notice the grip.
2: I'd call it grip. The grip the amplifier has on the, on the driver. You know. Yeah, there's. Uh, you know, every once in a while you hear an amp that's like, wow. In that respect, you it's know. It's just tight. Yeah, everything just feels solid.
0: Yeah. It usually gives you a powerful sound. It hits yeah. hard when even, it and hits. And the
2: power might not even be that high. That's the thing. might not actually be a lot of watts, in other words. Yeah, you could
0: have a low-power amp with a low output impedance, and it could sound powerful. Yeah, right. They're kind of disconnected. A lot of times they go together, but they don't have to. Well,
1: bass is the foundation of music. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that it is. Without it, it sounds lean. It sounds... Like it's foundationless. <laughs> yeah, it sounds yes, foundationless. Yeah, it's
2: like floating in the air. Uh-huh. Yeah, It's not real. Uh-huh. It's imaginary. Imaginary. Is anything reason, real? Yeah. Is anything real? Yeah. 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 So
0: I th- hope
1: we answered the question well for Maybe, the gentleman. Yeah.
0: It's unfortunately kind of complicated. Yeah. Well, when you hear both. There's a lot of factors. When
1: you hear the very, uh, all these various things, we've listened to hundreds of things over the years. You, you get a real good feel for how, you know. These things fit into certain categories, you know, in terms of size, power, the way they sound sonically, low-level playing, high-level, different genres of music. Well,
2: there's one thing you know, we didn't touch on: looks. Some people just want to yeah. see a tube amp in front of them. Well, that's or true. Some people don't. I oh, don't want any tubes. Yeah, right. right. So right. that's a that's a whole different thing. Yeah. In fact, you come in looking at it.
1: Your your vision gives you preconceived notions right off the get go. Oh, When no, right. You yeah. walk yeah. in a room and see that. Yep. <laughs> We've had guys walk in a room. It's sp- running speakers, and we had tube amps, and people like, I don't even really want to hear
2: this. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, they could sound wonderful with the speakers, but they don't want to hear because there's tubes in the room. Which is kind of silly, because mm. it's like you're lacking that experience and knowledge of what the system's capable of or not capable of. Well,
2: right? on a similar yeah. yet different note, I remember we went into that one past labs room, and they had their, like, 70-watt Class A monoblocks. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a tube kind of problem, even though they were a solid state, because the room was real hot. Remember that? Oh, yeah. It was like 85 yeah, in right. there. It's like, it's so uncomfortable in here. Must have been
1: Denver. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was Denver. Yeah. Sometimes so, the AC, well... The problem with running AC in the rooms is it's loud. So you keep it low level, but you get 20, 30 people in That was the problem they had. And the amps are running a 130 uh, uh, 130 degree Fahrenheit. Yeah, it was
2: hot. (laughs) It's
1: just like a space heater in the front of the room. Yeah, they didn't want to run the AC. That's what it was. That's always an issue. We've played with that back and forth. It shows where when when there ain't too many people in a room, we'll crank the AC. And then when people load in, we turn it down so people can actually hear the music. It's this constant fight with, uh, with, uh, with when you have hot amplification, hot electronics. Well, especially so when you have like eight with, amps with a lot of people in a room. And that,
2: yeah. But it helps that it's, uh, you know, in the fall, so we crack the door open and then it's quiet. Yeah, nothing like a sliding glass door on That's on right? a ninth floor to get some air, <laughs> as long as it's
1: cold outside. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty, it's cool yeah, it's is pretty cool. Usually cooler than <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: it's Denver. So, anyways. To summarize, usually it's just a factor of the practicalities, right? You don't see inexpensive tube amplifiers that are capable of driving planar magnetic headphones because it's just, it's not practical. It's not that it can't be done. There's limitations and solid state is usually better suited for that. But in the high end, you could do almost anything you want and there's wonderful tube amplifier options and they drive demanding planers great. Yep. In fact, the WA33 is one of our most highly recommended amplifiers. It's a great amp. Yeah, You could watch our uh, amp tier list video where mm. we kind of sort of talked about a few different amps. And In fact, we got a few. It got highly
1: rated. Last uh, two weeks, I think we have two new customers that ordered the JPS edition of that amp. Mm-hmm. So they're looking forward to getting them. It takes a few weeks to build them. It's a nice yeah. amp. It does a great amp. job.
0: Yeah, And the reason why is because it's super powerful and with tubes that's kind of a thing you kind of need to make a really overkill amp to have it drive a low impedance load very well well
2: i think at least with the wa33 in particular it's almost too powerful you know you're like always at like 10 o'clock max you know (laughs) i don't know i
1: vary it like um i just vary the input volume like i i don't run full
2: out of the deck i'll
1: run into it at like minus 8 db or something i actually think it sounds better that way Mm. So my volumes usually around noon.
2: Yeah, I guess you've used it more than me. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Every I time I volume. used it, it's like. But if you just come line out, do you need all this extra
1: power for? Yeah, you? if you come line out of a deck at full volume or something, especially if some of the decks are hotter than two volts or so. You yeah. know. Yeah. You you, you 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 don't need. You're right. There isn't much. <laughs> but there is that gain switch. You that's true. That's too. true. Yeah, lower gain too. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I prefer high gain setting anyway. Low impedance, high gain, and drop the deck and put down a little bit to about minus eight and that mm. bad boy's got all kinds of volume range sometimes mm-hmm. when i'm being exuberant like cranking some acdc on the youtube channel they're watching the concert mm. i might be at two two o'clock on the dial oh yeah okay. i don't think yeah. i've
2: ever been past 12 o'clock on. that yeah. sounds yeah. kind of hot no, it's yeah. youtube so the volume level's very
1: oh it's live ah yeah so you never know what you're getting there mm-hmm. it's not you know it's not like a studio recording where they're they're running like minus point two db you know mm. <laughs> they're just about there so
0: anyway well hopefully that vaguely summarizes it and gives someone an impression of why you just don't see these things quite so often yeah. but anyone out there has any other questions do you know what they can do with them uh, they can email us oh really yeah
2: t-o-t-o-t-o-t-o T O T L headphones.com
0: capital again. t capital o
1: capital All right. t capital well maybe o. they'll do that <laughs> top of the line Thanks everyone for watching. Take care of yourselves.